to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Winning feels good. We are back in the wing column, back at 500, back and still in this race for the NFC West. We're still there, 3-3. Three and three. Um, not not our best performance of the season, offensive wise. But Geno Smith and Co. have got the job done over the Arizona Cardinals, nine to nineteen. Another just you know just a really nice normal game. Not no drama, no talking points. It's a shame we're a podcast because these Seahawks don't give us any talking points, do they? Um, of, of course they do. And this is what we're here to do. And the lineup can't be complete without these two lovely gentlemen with me on this Skype call. Um, first of all, positive Pez, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I am good. Good. A lot of excitement to uh, get get involved in. But I'm going to jinx myself now and say that positive Pez is on a roll. You are you are you are doing well in the past few weeks. I'll give you that. I'll just get my little trumpet out. That was a little trumpet. That looked, that looked weird. Uh, cut that bit out. No, I'm not cutting that bit out. No, <laughs> don't cut weird. anything. Um, yeah, but what was it? The best uh, sack sacking? What what word did I use? I used a proper backwards word to the most sacks in a game. But I said the the best sacking performance by the defense. That was right. Ken Walker. I'm, now I'm going to blow my own trumpet because in total yards he got one ten. He should have got over 100 if it wasn't for fucking flags. But, oh, man, I can't wait to talk about him. Cannot wait. Yes. Yes, we're all excited. Josh, how are you, mate? I'm right, boys. Currently trying to kill the plague that my daughter brought back from nursery with her with beer. Um, uh, Looking forward to it. It does work. Kill it with alcohol. They use it it to disinfect things. Surely it'll be good for disinfecting my insides. yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about this. It's always nice to talk about stuff after a win. So uh, let's get into it. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm I'm currently on I'm one of those massive craft beer bellends who is on a Brewdog Hazy Jane because it was on Ooh, a deal. It's a nice Hazy Jane. It's nice. all right that one. I've, I I I, t- I tend to get myself some uh, some weird like decent beer tipples for 
a, a can of quarter I go for, but I ended up on an eight point five percent one on Sunday, yes. and I had to go. To, I had to go to bed pretty rapidly after that. So oh. say talking gibberish, <laughs> talking gibberish on pod. All the doctors and nurses everywhere. Are, we'll be on about the defense, and Josh will be on about Geno Smith. Yeah, that Geno <laughs> mania, though. eyes look like bog eyed. Have a play. Get it with eight point five percent alcohol. <laughs> never, never mind Calpol. Never mind tablet. No, a little brew take, dog. That'll do. You can take the lad out of Preston, but you can't take the Preston out of the lad, can you? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Loads of talking points again tonight, as there always is with the Seahawks. Um, Gino Smith, we're going to get onto to start with. Then we're going to go to that little magic man, Ken Walker. Um, and then we're going to talk about this defensive line finally stepping up after calls on this podcast and many podcasts around the Seahawks world for the defensive line to start stepping up. And they have done now. Um, we've got a good, we've got to have a weekly gush fest over these rookie corners because we can't not. Um, and then we're going to get to some of your questions that you sent in in, uh, in our Discord chat and on Twitter and everything like that. So if you're not involved on Twitter and in the Discord, please do get involved and you can have your questions answered on the pod. Um but there's only one place to start. It's the offense. It's what we always do. Geno Smith, um, not his best performance in a Seahawks uniform, I don't think. But when the time came for Geno to make the big plays at the end of the game, under the blitz, stood in there making key throws. Um, but I'll, re- I'll read his stat line, 20 to 31 uh, on, the, on the completion attempts, 197 yards, no touchdowns and no interceptions thrown yet again. Not turning the ball over. Yeah, he didn't find the end zone this week with with his arm. But again, like I said, he made the plays when he needed to make the plays. The offense was stalling, and I was most it showed his his mental strength for me this week. This this week wasn't about the arm. It wasn't about the decision making that that I'm that I'm most impressed with this week. This week, Geno Smith put on tape and and put on evidence that he has got some he's got some really good mental strength. He can he can. When the chips are down, when he's going through a bit of adversity in a game, because the offense was stalling this game, we, we we were struggling to move the ball, struggling to score points. It was a field goal game, it was a kicker's game for a long period. Um, but he showed that mental toughness, he showed that resilience, and he showed that skill to overcome it in in the final, you know, third and fourth quarter when the games were on the line, players were on the line. Um, so that's what I was most impressed with Geno Smith this week, and and yet again he he continues to show that. The Seahawks can can lean on him and rely on him for as long as they need to. Um, Pez, thoughts on Geno's um, performance this week? He he just keeps imp- he keeps impressing, doesn't he? For once, I'll keep something short and sweet because that's really my summary of Geno Smith. This game again highlighted. I start with like a bit of a negative. It highlighted my concern with his awareness in the pocket sometimes. Mm. Whether that be comfortability, like being comfortable with his line, overconfident—I don't know what it is—but it's almost like three or four of them sacks happened in the exact same way, mm. in the exact same place, in the exact same way. Like it's almost like they were targeting, like they almost know he steps in a certain direction when he pushes through, and there's just always a guy there waiting to fold him in half. That that little bit again, like we said the like I said the other week, is a concern. Mm. Like proved proved it with the Saints, but again, defenses, better defenses, stronger pass rush. You know, we'll see how that develops. But I agree with you. This game for me 
simply showed game manager Gino. Yeah. And that ties for me into the his mentality. It's just that mentalness of he's not asked. He'll just as long as we win, he'll just do whatever he wants. Like just do whatever he needs to do and how he needs to do it. And for me, it was like game manager Gino. It was it was like a Jared Goff Rams. You know, like everyone loves a comparison with the Rams and Waldron and that with Goff. It was like a Goff-esque performance with the Rams. Can't really get anything going in the past game. So I'm just going to use my dynamic running back to break them down to the point where we don't want that guy breaking on him, on us. So we're going to protect the run more, but then create the openings for Eskridge, Godwin, DK, Tyler. And to, to be honest, like I said, a few a few little stumbling blocks, but it was just efficient. Yeah. So we've seen ruthless Gino, and now we've seen efficient Gino. So overall, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's just putting, like I say, it's a, he, for me, this was another side of Geno Smith that he's put on tape this week. It wasn't his most vintage performance, but as you say, Pez, that, that clutch throw to Marquis Goodwin that I can think of on the sideline, you know, the ones to Eskridge as well under the blitz. He wants to Tyler. Want to Tyler, right yeah. To the sideline. Exactly, yeah. Just a, a, a different side to Geno that, you know, maybe we hadn't seen before that he's shown that he, he, he's got in his locker. Um, es- Eskridge. Eskridge got absolutely blown in that in that mm. passing court, it was it Sir Tanny yeah. just came over and just full bodied him straight to the chest. That was class. I was like, <laughs> the, the league has got a wrong. vendetta against that lad, hasn't it? <laughs> but don't get me wrong. The thing is with Eskridge, he went down with a bad concussion last year, and I know it's not about Eskridge. It just it came to my head. Um, we're not going to really talk about him either. But he's a hard lad. He took that concussion, yeah, but he takes hits for a small guy, and he gets up. Yeah, he blocks like a beast as well. He's got some. He's got some good strength in his body. Like it might be raw strength he's been given, but um, it was Ken's touchdown last week. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely drove his guy. That's a defender against a small wide receiver, and he just drove him off the field to give yeah. the gap to Ken. So, yeah, shout out, Dean, like. man. He's he's starting to put a few things on on tape in the past couple of weeks. So yeah. let, let's see it going. Let's, let's let's hope it keeps going. Secret weapons later. Yeah. In the year. Yeah, maybe. Josh, Gino Smith, I mean, he can do no wrong. Not a lot to say, you know. I mean, any more than what you guys have said. 197 passing yards, no TDs, unfortunately. 48 rushing yards of six attempts. He's using his legs. He's using his legs damn sight more than our old QB used to towards the end of his tenure. Yeah. Um, just what you said, like, he, he threw it to eight different receivers, you know, and he got D. Eskridge in the game, DK, Marquis Goodwin, Lockett. He used Smith. He used um, Ken Walker out of the backfield. Tight ends were all in there. So I think what Noah Fant was yeah, our most targeted player. It efficient. It's exactly what you guys have both just said. He was efficient. He was clinical. He wasn't as spectacular as he has been, like over the last few weeks. But still, he. I, I can't fault him at the moment. Like we. we I think he proved this week we'll win games because of him, not in spite of him. Yeah. Um, and now he's got Ken Walker in the backfield, who, as Pez said, is a very dynamic running back. Um, and we'll be, we know we'll hear Pez gush about him later. Um, all right, all right, yeah. Um, you with a hot hand at the moment. Um, 
yeah, I, 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 I can't say much much else. Like, I, I, again, I issue a formal apology to Gino Smith for my off-season ramblings about how Drew Locke had a higher upside and would do more for this team. Because Gino, as that point guard game manager, is doing everything for this team that we need. So... That's... The apologies out already by Josh. I'm holding hey, mine. Uh, you, you know, you know what? You know what? I, I will apologise when I see fit. I said I want consistency, so you can call that a half-hearted apology for the first six games of the season. That's an apology because of how well he's played. But then we've got the rest of the season to go through. Let's yeah, see I'll if we get after, after, after the, the, gap the bye. I'll fill the yeah. gap of the bye week pod <laughs> by just apologising. Um, you brought something up though, Josh. Um, reminded me of something I wanted to mention about Gino uh, before we quickly move on. He's running. Surprised how quick that man can run. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what got wheels. me thinking? Got some long levers, com- mate. Do you know the comparison I thought? Where people might be surprised where he might start using them legs a little bit more. It's, it's almost like drip feeding the playbook to him. Like, he's not run much before. If he has, it's just basically maybe get the five yards of the first down, slide down. No more, no less. Just get it done. Today was like deliberate. Get as many yards as you possibly can downfield. So you can see the evolution. And it got me thinking that people might not like it, but I do like it. Because if you think, compare him to Cordell Patterson. Mm. Hardly utilised through his whole career. And everyone's now like, oh, he's being utilised for the job that he got. One of the best running backs in the game. Fantasy-wise, like... Stats like stats wise, in these last two years, he's been one of the best running backs in the league, in the league for doing it. And everyone's just like, he'll fall off, he won't be able to. He's thirty yard, he won't be able to. But then people turn around and go, but he was just used as a kick returner for most of his career. He's got low, he's got young legs because he's got no tread on them. Geno Smith, exactly the same. Back up for all his career, hardly ever played. How much tread does he have on them tyres? Because he, to be fair, he looked shifty when he got them gaps and went for it, and people weren't expecting it. The Cardinals no, definitely um, weren't expecting it. The tyre pressure warning light has not come on for Geno Smith yet, has it? <laughs> um, it did on my car this morning in the middle of a traffic jam. So that's shout out to the keeper canto that I'm running. Brilliant car. Um, anyway, <laughs> do you know who else looks like a car when he runs? Ken Walker. Oh. Do, you know actually, do you know what he looks like? Do you know what he looks like? He look. He runs in a way that it looks like someone's controlling him via Madden and it's just like button mashing, like wiggling the sticks, pressing all the jukes and hurdles. But it's so he runs good. Like a hover, he, run, do, he runs like a hoverboard. Do, do, you know, do you know what it is? Right on, on the new Madden, I know you guys haven't played it yet, but there's, there's a break tackle feature. So when you're about to get tackled by someone, you mash if you're a PlayStation player X mm. and you just shrug people off. That one run where he ran through oh. was it six defenders. It, that, that's like me playing Madden, just running into contact, just mashing X, like track and field style, as quickly as possible to shrug people off. The it, guy had his arms around his hands, <laughs> and he just like, did. Two of them did. Later, mate. That, oh, the, honestly, he three tacklers at once. That for, the first oh, bit, right as he came off the edge towards the the sideline, there was three people on him, and all of a sudden he just squirts out, and I was like, "How the fuck did that happen?" <laughs> I squirted. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down there. Between James and his Viagra Tariq Woolen and you talking about Ken Walker and squirting out, I, I, nah. We are the squirting out podcast, aren't we? We, we are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what, though, mate. But, oh, man. Go on, Pez. You, you, you gush over, go over, mate. Yeah, just go, mate. Man, 
Matt, it's what I told everyone from the preseason. I told everyone. It, it, it's like our conversation with Brett. Watch him at college for a full, as Josh destroys his cell. <laughs> um, He's pissed. Luckily, I was on mute. He's pissed. <laughs> Just uh, 8.4 percent gone to his head. Two, two hazy Janes, and I'm out of it. Um, Watching for a full game, and it's not just his. It's not just like his highlight reel of greatness. It's not just his highlight reel against Michigan. Uh, Michigan in that game. Mm. It's every all the little things he does, and what is what we're seeing. Mm. What was it in in this game? He was, he was like negative five yards, and managed to gain a yard. You know, he got the ball, it all broke down. He was like four or five yards behind the line of scrimmage for a loss, managed to then juke, wiggle, cut nearly the whole Cardinals defence trying to chase him to then dive to get one yard. Like, the, it's them plays what people, like, don't just watch the highlight and get, oh, look at that. It's, it's them, it's the fight he brings. And do you know what I love about him? He's such a nice lad. Mm. There's, there's not many people would have seen this, but I noticed it. He, he he went on a run, and he went on a run, got taken down, jumped up, and he was just tapping everyone. He's just yeah. like he's just like the young kid, and he ended up like tapping a cardinal cardinals player, and obviously they're all jacked up and like fuck off me, and he was just like he's just like dabbing him up, like tapping his hand and that thinking he was a Seahawks player, just like an absolute energizer bunny. <laughs> I thought, I love this guy because you know he's just a genuine kid who mm. just loves playing football, doesn't like talking. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't really talk, talks so softly and quiet. And he's just like, but he also has an air when he talks of certainty about him. Watch yeah. his post press conference. You can see it in his face, you can see it in his eyes. He, he might be this quiet personality. But he's got so much confidence because how, how he runs the, the fake the fake jump he did oh. for the touchdown where he skipped in the air like he was going to jump over the guy and then just sidestepped him like Josh described it um, was it for his he, he was for a run against the Falcons when he went to the right cut back and went to the left and he went into intricate detail about the the pebbles. Popping up. Oh yeah. How many? You must have got excited because there are pebbles everywhere. Mate, that toe cut is is disgusting, and I, I, I'm I'm calling it right now. I am calling it right here, right now. Don't say offensive die. rookie of the year. No, no, no. Thank God. Don't roll your eyes. Or if I want to say offensive rookie of the year, it will happen. <laughs> right. But what's going to happen is by the time the season's said and done. Everyone's going to turn around and give him this true respect because he's going to be better than Breesol. Everyone thinks, oh, Breesol's this, oh, this great guy. Ken is only just getting started and he is going to, everyone's going to realise he was RB1. This Because the reason he's not RB1, he didn't catch out of the backfield and he couldn't block. He he made some key blocks to give Gino time on them passes. And it was great because he went to the line, didn't just run to the first guy like you see a lot of running backs do, just like half-assing it. He literally stopped, scanned where he, where the threat was and went and attacked that guy. So people maybe need to look at what the grading was 
And just, just because Brees Hall's having this success now, Ken's only getting started. So when the season's all said and done, and Ken's a thousand yard plus rusher with double digit touchdowns, they're going to go, oh, maybe Ken was the number one running back. Well, look, Josh, Ken Walker, 44 rushing attempts, 22 missed tackles. That's the highest rate in the NFL of all running backs. Do you know what else I love? Stats. Do you know what else I love? He's he's so patient as well. He doesn't just see the first gap and try and barrel through that gap and, and, and make it up as he goes. He's patient. He takes his time. He scans. Everything we're seeing from this kid so far is is high-level ability. And, and I, I mean, how excited are you, man? Uh, do you know what? I... I haven't been this excited about a rookie running back on the Seahawks ever. Wow. Um, not not in the time I've supported them anyway. Um, obviously, we got lynched through a trade deal. Chris Carson didn't have high hopes for because it was obviously late round. He proved it later on. Rashad Penny didn't have high hopes for him because I'll admittedly I didn't watch all of his tape. Um, uh, Thomas Rawls had potential, but didn't really get there. CJ um, Pro size. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Ken Walker, I, I tweeted the other day saying there is, if there's one other running back that could give us a another beast quake, it would be Ken Walker. He nearly did. He, he's nearly got, he, he, he's got, yeah, after watching that game on Sunday and some of his runs, he has got that about him. Where he will get through gaps, he can push people off. I'm waiting for another another announcer to give it the "get off me" um, <laughs> chat again. But yeah, he he just looks he, he looks amazing. Um, I, I I don't want to blow smoke up his ass too too early oh, because that will come back to bite us. Get all the smoke out. No, don't don't get me wrong. Get off the he, fence, he, Josh. Get off the fence. Nah, I'm going to say blowing because I've 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 been watching Brees Hall quite a bit and Brees Hall has been phenomenal for the Jets fair play he started from day one I think and also apologies to our listeners if I start day snoring I'm really bunged up um yeah Ken Walker I think with a, a few <laughs> a few more times yeah I'm, I'm taking the mantle from Pez um for the day snoring um yeah a few more games under his belt and he will be certified RB1 Rashad Penny will not get a look in next season unless this is a, a cheap backup and he will be lighting this league on fire. But I think he would have to have some big, big games to catch up to Brees Hall. Inducted. Well, do you know what, Josh? Somewhere in the UK, there's a Jets podcast. How about you fuck off to that? <laughs> right? Just be realistic, mate. Right. Tell, tell me in the last Brees two Hall, weeks, great. in the last two weeks, the two weeks where Ken's got his opportunity to shine the most missed tackles forced in the last two weeks is Damian Pierce with 17 Ken Walker with 14 I don't see Brees Hall on that list look at Brees Hall's like yardage per for the season so far or per game he's great don't get me wrong but one he's not a Seahawk and two okay yeah, I'll give He's you that. But I, I also, I also like to put out there into podcast land. I told you so about Damian Pierce. I said he'd be an RB one, and he's proven that. Um, but yeah, Ken Walker. Let's go back onto that. He is, yeah, he's RB one now for the the foreseeable. I think this this rookie draft class we've just drafted starters across the board. You've got 
Tyreek Smith, Derek Young, I think they're, they'll take a couple of years to to fit into it. And maybe by the end of their rookie contract, they'll be pushing for starting berths. But the the main it, ones we've got, absolute It's unfortunate gems. on them too, because they picked up their injuries, didn't they? I think, I think mm. Derek Young was 100% planned for this offence. Could you imagine having DK and Derek Young? Derek Young is the is the ta- is the just a clone ta- of yeah. Is ta- the um, Tariq version of the offense? What mm-hmm. did Brooks say? We'll get onto it. But what did Brooks say after the game? He doesn't even know what he's doing half the time. He's just literally just going off good. talent. Yeah, <laughs> he's just going off talent. He doesn't know what he's doing at, at this yeah. moment in time. He's just going off his pure talent, like. Compliment, of course, but I honestly saw Derek Young being the woolen of the offense, mm. and he's just mm. a big ass body who can run really quick. And you got him and fucking DK running down the sides, and they're like, "What the fuck do we do?" Because right, we'll double cover them. Two. The one that can Tyler's catch just the ball. sat. Tyler's <laughs> just sat in the middle. Like, okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. My father call run pass run pass. Pete's wet dream. Although we said we weren't going to talk about D'Eskridge, but he's starting to show up now. He's making some decent catches and he's taking some big hits on those catches. He's not afraid to put his body on the line. Could this be the start of it? Um, Before we jump off the uh, offence, am I right in thinking that we actually pulled off a successful screen pass? I think you might be right. I'm sure we did. I don't remember what sure. what quarter was it because it all depends how many beers I was drinking and what percentage they were at that point. I'll, I'll have to look into it, but I am pretty sure I remember seeing it. And uh, Matty Brown mentioned mentioned that it's like the first successful screen pass that the Seahawks have ever because Ken Walker is that good. That's why because Ken Walker is that goddamn good. Wait until he destroys clean yourself up, mate. the Chargers. Wait until he destroys them because their run defense is shit. Wait yeah, until... we'll get onto the, we'll get onto the charges in a minute when we talk about the. We have one one uh, listener Twitter follower question about yes. some things that I'll I'll address and I'll I'll right. I'll segue into the charges game. Well, look, Pez. We'll say that for later. The, yeah. the Seahawks inducted Sean Alexander on that very same day that Ken Walker has, has gone and had that game against the Cardinals. Absolute now, hero. I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be the next Sean Alexander. I'm not saying he's going, to, but. I'll tell you what, if Five you want to compare... First off against the Chargers. Yeah, it's... He could be on. He could be that next running back on that ring of honour, put it this way, if he, keep, if he carries on this way. Um, but let's let's have a quick intermission because we've recently had a quick little chat with Mr. Brett Davin, our friend from the Take 12 podcast, friend of this podcast. Um, he's been talking to us a little bit about the season so far. Tariq Woolen, we got him raving over him and, and, and we got his opinion on, on our new nickname for him or my new nickname for him anyway, which is Viagra, which I'm sure you all love as well and are getting on T-shirts everywhere. What <laughs> um, he also yeah. talked about is his package trip to Germany um, for the Buccaneers game. Right, um, I, no, he didn't talk about his Tell package. Tell you what, I, I, can't, I can't wait to design and print this merch. I'll tell you what, you, you, he, he complains at me making this podcast sexual, and then he makes a comment like that. You are going on the naughty step. In a minute, well, let Bob me do this advert. Shocking. Let me do this advert. Right. He he is running a package, and he's talking about this package to us. Um, the, the Seahawks game in Germany for the Buccaneers game. Pairs, be quiet. Um, and just he's like got, a smaller package. Just like a smaller package. So we're going to play a little brief preview of that of that standalone podcast that we're going to be releasing breath 
How are yeah. you, my friend? Oh, you guys. It's so good to be here with you guys, as always. I'm great, man. I mean, um, well, I'm okay. I'm laughing through all of the pain, much like everybody in Seattle, because of our Mariners, right? Mm -hmm. And the baseball team and and the hockey team has started and they're not off to a great start either. Um, But I'm I'm smiling because, of course, our Seahawks, they really found something against the Cardinals, didn't they? Uh, The fan was like, hey, man. Gino fucks and Lofa, like, you know, he had like tequila probably come through his nose. He started laughing so hard and he loved it. And he told us the story. I mean, you guys, Gino F's. Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. what else can you say? James, you want to defend yourself before I weigh in yeah, on this? I'll defend myself. That is not what I said, Pez. James, tell him the nickname and then we'll on, see James. why we're pulling the face. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good nickname and I'll explain why. It might take you, it might just, are you strapped in? Because it might, it might knock you off the seat. Um, oh, no. <laughs> the players, the players oh, might want to call him Avatar and everything like that. I just call him Viagra because he gets he gets me <laughs> up and excited. He do, it, do you know what I mean, dude? I mean, look, he's rock hard, dude. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> no, don't get on board I mean, with this. Do not it, get listen, on board with this. The travel package is is revamped. It's brand new and it's much much easier. Basically, it's under a thousand bucks U.S. So the, the 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 package we're selling, it's under a thousand bucks, and what you get for that is you get your ticket to the Seahawks Bucks game in Munich. It's an official, authentic NFL game ticket. You get your one ticket, um, and then you get access to a VIP after party. It's exclusive. And joining us at that after party and on our trip is Lofa, KJ, Leroy Hill, uh, Matt McCoy, Sean Locklear. And David the Heater Hawthorne. And I've heard that Thomas Rawls is also going to be at the after party. There's also other NFL guys, current NFL guys who are on a bye week are supposed to be there. You guys can go to 12sinmunich.com. It's 12sinmunich.com or lofainGermany.com to buy your tickets, put your deposit down. I'm going to stop talking. Competition, how many times did James say package? Not, in the naughty boys, the period. <laughs> And of course, <laughs> if you would like to get involved, <laughs> oh, you're a pair of dirty old bastards, the period. And of course, if you would like to get involved in that package, on that deal, on that trip to the Germany game in November, then please do head to 12s in Munich. Use our code WeTalk12 at the checkout for 12% off, and we'll hopefully see you there in November. Um, Right, let's Say get to this. One more time, mate, please. Package. Right. <laughs> let's get to this defensive line. Um, we've been calling. We've been calling for these guys on this defensive line to step up, be countered, and finally they've done so. Puna Ford, take a hat, take my hat off to you. Finally, one sack. I mean, let's go through Puna Ford, one sack. Um, Quinton Jefferson, one sh- one sack. Selby, oh, bloody hell, my pronunciation is all Shelby good. Harris. Shelby Harris, one sack. Um, Uchen Nawasu got a sack as well. Daryl Taylor with a sack. Practically all of them. I mean, have, have they given Quinton Jefferson a, a sack? Because I'm sure he got involved as well. Um, yeah, yeah, they did. Huge, huge Jeff. Yeah, Jeff they've given a him a sack as well. So I think pretty much every single one of our defensive linemen, other than Brian Monet, was credited with a sack. Um and then, of course, Ryan Neal got his sack as well, blitzing through the line, which is awesome. Um, 
Can can be whilst we're talking about that though, can we just say Brian Monane deserves a shout out because he was wrecking that centre. Yeah, he, did. he was yeah. driving him back about six foot straight into the QB. It was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was like an eclipse. Anyway, just literally rammed him straight back <laughs> yeah. into the running back and then just killed it dead. There, there, there was there was one angle right where she it showed them sort of like packed down the line and then as soon as the ball was snapped. Monet stood up and you couldn't see the centre past him. It just looked like Monet was pushing no one. He's mm. that big. Oh, he's he a big is, boy. Oh, he is. Sorry, I, I had to gush over him then. No, you, I love you it. can gush over right, him. I think brilliant. No, that's perfectly fine, mate, because they deserve it this week. Like I said, we, we've been called on for more production from this defensive line. It's been stagnant. It's been poor all season. And, um, and finally... Week six, they gave us the all of them gave us the performance that we've been waiting for. Um, is that is that giving you enough confidence now, Josh? Going into into the next couple of weeks, that this defensive line is is back, the talent is there now, and and because I think I, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Shelby Harris or someone just basically said that Clint Hurt let the defensive line loose this week and just said just go and go go see quarterback hip quarterback kind of thing just go and play a natural game is that is that what we need to be doing it's clearly worked I, th- I think when you look at so all the sacks came off the edge didn't they mm. Neil yeah apart from Puna but Puna's yeah. basically he's he's a, he's a defensive end now in this scheme yeah I hope so because I think it's proved when we have a big boy at the front rushing their offensive line they have to start double teaming him and this is where like where Al Woods is really good, but he's better at run blocking. Whereas Monet is just a, a wrecking ball who'll go through. I think by drawing those two players in, getting double teamed, it opens it up for people like anyone running off the edges. Because this is where we came unstuck. We'll address that later. But I think coming off the edges, and Wosu, I think, has been a revelation this year. Yeah. He is the best free agent signing I I've known from, from us for a long time. Q Jeff, I love a bit of Q Jeff. Always, anyone who who watches games, always look at Q Jeff's cleats. They are fire. Um, Puna, I think it's about time. This is the best game I've seen Puna have all season. It's about he, damn time. Sorry. Yeah, genuinely Sorry. is. <laughs> I, I, when I start towards the start of the game, I saw him starting to break up some plays and, and get through the O line, and I thought, oh, maybe he's onto something here. Like I think I'm pretty sure he had a TFL early on as well. Yeah, I think and I was did, like, yeah. oh. Go Puna. Um, and then Shelby Harris, who I, I admittedly I called out saying I don't see a lot of him. This game, I did. This is the game where I think the 3-4 offense started showing what it can do on the edges by having those three. Let's not faff around with it. The the people class them as DNs, but they're just the they're just interior defensive linemen, let's face it. Mm. Slightly quicker than the the, the nose tackle. But then these people off the, the lads off the edge, brilliant. They they opened it up. They re, they they gassed past their their tackles, and they did so well doing it. I think this this is the start of it clicking. It, it's a, a question we did get uh, about the defense clicking as well. Mm. I think it was from uh, was it our friend Saiwachira again asking about the defense clicking. Um, I Sorry. don't want to say Sai. I don't want to say it's finally clicked properly. Mm. I want to say it is clicking, though, and I think things are starting to come together. I think 
the more people are having confidence with the players around them. Yeah. A la Woolen at cornerback, Kobe playing nickel. Um, I think Diggs has still got a way to go to reach the level we anticipate. Ryan Neal, I think he is a great player. And I think Diggs needs to take a bit more solace in having him next to him for what Mm. he can do. And then the even the linebackers weren't awful today or on Sunday. No. Um, Kobe Barton, it's just Kobe Barton. I've got, I've got a stat for you on the linebackers. Oh, um, keep keep it ready then. Give, give me a second. But yeah, the the defensive front I thought was they, they did really well. They they broke up multiple opportunities. To caveat that, Kyle Murray did rush for a hundred yards. He did. Um, which it shouldn't be allowed in in this game, but it's Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And to to paraphrase one commentator, he looks like a toddler who has just stolen his parents' mobile phone when he runs, because he is so frantic. His little legs are going, and you don't know what direction he's going to go. It could take the best tackler, and one on one, they would probably miss sixty percent or forty percent of the time. Mm. So well, I can't. Kobe Bryant must be his dad then. <laughs> oh, uh, here we go. Um, but I mean, you know, I still can't take it away from him. Like, Kyle Moore is an exceptional talent with his feet. Um, yep. But I think it, it generally did show up the fact we sacked him five times. You know, I will take it as a building block and say yeah. next week, um, a less mobile QB mm-hmm. in Herbert may have some issues. Yeah, banged up offensive line as well. So we'll see. Um, Pez, your thoughts on, on the defensive um, line? You pretty much hit the nail on the head for me there. Um, I just got a stat here from the PFF grades from oh, above a stat the defense. One. We all do. And Daryl Taylor was the highest rated defender on the day. 84. Really? 84.2 with a 82.4 pass rush rate. Nice. What the hell? Good. So he, um, he, he was, just, sorry, just to chime in, he was one of the lowest rated um, edge players in the league at the start mm-hmm. of last week, wasn't he? He was like third from bottom or something. Yeah. So yeah. that, that he's, he must have read that and gone, nah, fuck this. Let's just put well, more just, tape on. It, it's like you said, Q, it was Q Jeff who turned around in his post presser and basically said um, they were trying to get us to read, they were trying to get us to read, second guess ourselves and read too many things on, on the move. It's like, I don't do that. I'm a deep knee lineman. You you tell you tell me to go. I hit like yeah. just smash. It's just very yeah. It's just very simple. Don't try and get me to second guess my read and do all this. Just let me go and attack. Mm. So, with that being said, I've got like the top seven defensive players, and you then have I've lost my eyesight here. Miles Adams for a. Yeah, it's cheeky Clinton block Bonner, on on, on Zach Hurts. Yeah, I love Havoc that block Adams. on Zach Hurts. Um, he got a seventy-seven. Running onto the field. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no idea where he was. Just went. Oh. <laughs> he got a seventy-seven rating with a seventy-eight point three run defense rating. Nice, that's good. Uh, then just behind him is Brian Mulnay with seventy-five point two and a seventy-one point nine pass rush rating. And that's it. So them three got in the top seven on PFF's grading for the defense. Probably yeah. guess some of the other top ones in between them, but we'll get on to them. I'll say them. Yeah, you've got loads, loads for Tariq and uh, Kobe. Nice. The stats for Kobe 
and I fucking I've been waiting for these. I can't wait to see these. So you, you brought up an interesting point as well, Josh, before we get to, to further into the secondary and stuff about the tackling and missed tackles and, and, and Kyler Murray. Um, another little stat, courtesy of Corbin Smith slash PFF, because he, he is good at, at, at the stats on Twitter, Corbin. Um, the, Seahawks, the Seahawks only missed seven tackles yesterday. Um, PFF charged them with six. Apparently, Corbin reckons it was seven. Um, and we believe that is a season low for the Seahawks, so the best showing of, of, of not missing tackles. Um, that could be an encouraging sign going forward. I know it's I know about damn time. It's about damn time, as yeah. Lizzo would say. Um, <laughs> we haven't got an endorsement with Lizzo, by the way, before anyone, you know, it, it's just it's a catchy tune. I heard it on Heart FM this today as well, so it's in my head. So apologies to everyone who doesn't like that song. Um, that's the one, Josh. There's our copyright strike of the week. Um, just a quick one, let me interject. Got a stat for Jordan Brooks. No, no, no. I've got a stat for Cody Barton. Oh. Oh. Well, it's one to just make us feel better about ourselves, to kind of oh, prove right. us right. Oh, and what okay. we've been saying, because we love to be right on this podcast all the time. Um, so, Brian Naismeyer. I've tried to say the name, completely destroyed it, but he's Hawks blogger on Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, significant lineup change on defense for the Seahawks. Cody Barton had played 85% of the snaps from in weeks one to five. He played 39% of the snaps in week six. It appears Seattle went more nickel as Kobe Bryant went from 48% of snaps to 75%. Yep. It's Brian Nemhauser. So, that's, I think, just to talk about the middle of the field. That's, I honestly think that's the piece. Like we were saying last week, that is the piece that's made everything better because Jordan Brooks had such a better game. He was so much more, he was so much more solid. He was good in his coverage. Like we said last week, he just had to worry about his own assignments because they brought Ryan Neal up. They had Kobe there and clearly he feels more comfortable than he does. He does with uh, Barton. Wouldn't wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That hit to start the game. That hit when uh, Kyler tried running and he yeah. was just straight there, bang. And he just and then he gets up. There's trash talk going. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> I was watching this game. I was like, Pez is gonna love that. Oh man. This is where you were talking about. I know we'll go on to Kobe in a minute. And Kobe always learn. I think this is where the learning curve's been for Clint Hurt as well. So he's come in with this mindset of we'll play three, four, or whatever. Um, but it's turned out to be like a, I don't even know what you call it. It's what, three, one, well, three, three, two. If you're going to go three at the front, you're going to have your middle linebacker, two safeties, two. It, I, it's just not a typical three, four now, let's face it, because the, the other middle linebacker has been dropped out, and rightly so, because he's been shoddy um i think having kobe who i will let one of you gush over in a mm, second Pez can yeah, have him. Okay. Yeah. Pez can have um yeah they, i think having kobe in there, it's just it's proof it proofs in the pudding the the lad is absolute mustard is brilliant and on that note mr pez would you like to be positive and gushing about uh this man and uh then we can go on yes. to the other 
cornerback for, for thank James you. to have thank his you, positive Josh. touch. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you, Patterson. I'm going to start with some stats for my my guy. And my, my list is growing. Do you know what? For so long, it's just been Jordan Brooks. Now I've got a tribe. I'm, I'm starting <laughs> a colony. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. My next my next jersey is gonna be a Cole Bryant jersey. Ooh. I like it. It's gonna have to be. It might have to be. Love love the man. Absolutely love it. I might get it before I go London for the Broncos game, just so I can show oh. it off my pride. So, what, what about your Ken Cole, Walker jersey? I'll split it half and half. <laughs> oh, don't be that no, guy. I'll get I'll get the misses to wear one, and I'll wear the other. Good plan. And then. And then I have the Jordan Brooks one and a flag. So <laughs> get them all in there. With that being said, um, I think my I think my next jersey is going to be an Abe Lucas one. Oof. I don't get player yeah. jerseys, but I love a bit of Abe Lucas. Good call. So Kobe Bryant is the first player with four forced fumbles in his first six career games since the stat was tracked at the beginning of the two thousand. In the beginning of 2000, that's one stat. I'm just going to I'm just going to start with stats before I talk. <laughs> so on the list of PFF graded players, it was Daryl Taylor, and then Colby came in third. So you can tell who's second, but we'll get onto him in a minute. With a 79.3 rating and a 77.3 coverage rating. Right. Kobe Bryant's stats against the Cardinals. Oh. Hit, him. Hit us with him, Pez. So, 37 coverage snaps, seven targets, three receptions allowed. We'll play a game. How many yards, how many receiving yards do you reckon he allowed on the three receptions? 21. Nope. Uh, only zero, isn't it? Five. Five. Minus one. Oh, I wow. saw that stat. Then I said five. Because I thought, Minus I, thought I think I might have retweeted one. it. <laughs> and one pass breakup. And obviously the beautiful peanut punch. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the stats. I got screen saved. Now I'm going to gush in my own words, in my own professional words. The the kid. Is like I said to you a lot in the group in the chat. He his new name for me is, and I'm gonna get on Twitter and try and get it as a thing, is the silent assassin. Because whilst everyone gushes over Tariq Woolen, everyone gushes over this guy and that guy, all Kobe does is just silent go about his business and just take people apart. I called it last week. I, I said it to Brett when we had a chat with Brett. He gets better and better and better. And the more people who listen to this podcast and listen to me will start realising <laughs> that he only gets better. And do you know what? I'm, this is going to this is gonna be controversy here, James, for you. Tariq Woolen is amazing, and I'm not taking anything away from Tariq Oh, I Tariq don't like where you go. Oh, this, this is going to be but, fighting words. Go. But what did Kobe win last year? When he Jim had Thorpe. Source Gardner on the other other side, Jim Thorpe Award. Because because players like Colby end up when the season stretch is gone, they end up starting to get noticed more and more by teams. Because I think what you're going to start finding soon is 
as long as Colby and Tariq are on that right-hand side, what they play, I think you're going to start seeing more and more Michael Jackson getting exposed for how good he, uh, for how inferior he is to them too. Hmm. Because, and that's going to be a telling factor and that's going to highlight Colby even more because he just, I just think he's going to be a slow burner, like a silent assassin. Tariq's going to get all the praise. By the end of the year, it won't surprise me if Kobe gets like just that one accolade better than him. Just because people will sit back, look at the stats overall, big picture, and just go, this kid was an outside corner, always been an outside corner, never played the slot position. Mm. And look what he's done transitioning to the slot. Like, he, his coverage was fucking, in my opinion, his coverage was amazing. He, he got saved on a few, he got beat on a few plays, but like Josh has rightly said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, his speed has been questionable. So let's see against them slot guys. Let's see if he can get the wiggle. But other than that, his coverage was fucking amazing. He's getting a knack for punching that ball out. And I'm sure when we had the LOB, we had a similar guy. There was like a peanut puncher and then you had Sherm, Earl and Cam, who were the ball flippers, weren't they? The, the, the Aaron Maxwell, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, because he did it in the um, he did in, in the, the Super Bowl, Bowl, didn't he? Yeah, he did it in the Super Bowl, punched it out, and he's a silent assassin because every time he's done it, they've not seen it coming. He comes yeah. out of nowhere and he's got like four's hammer fist, and he just whacks that fucking thing out with all, all the fucking stones, and no one can do anything about it. Like, Ken, are you talking about the Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah, with all the stones and uh, Thor's. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, sorry, I meant massive mob. I meant, but wait, Peter I meant the moment. When I've got this background, <laughs> people can see what I've got behind me. I've got the Infinity Gauntlet I, up there. When you were talking about, I was like, I got overexcited. Yeah. I said Thor. Oh, I meant Thanos. Get your goddamn Marvel references right, sir. Can Can I go now? Can I go now? <laughs> My yes. turn now, just Tariq Woolen, Tariq Woolen, Tariq Woolen. Right. Do you want me to start with some stats for you, James? I can get excited. He's probably got them. No, I, I'll read this paragraph out, and then can you hit me with the stats, and I'll current, and I'll continue. Yeah, yeah, and then okay. I'll mute myself. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> this is on the Seahawks website. Um, I like this. Me and Pez have got a nice little dynamic here for him of our love for our rookie cornerbacks. We just take turns. I like it. Anyway, Woolen became the seventh player in franchise history to record an interception in four straight games, the last being Brandon Browner in 2011, and he's the third rookie league-wide to do it since the year 2000. Um, Woolen also tied Richard Sherman and John Harris for the second-most interceptions by a Seahawks rookie, trailing only Michael Bulware and Earl Thomas, who both had five, bearing in mind that's only after six games, and he's already tied the most as a rookie in Seahawks history. Oh my dearie me, this kid! I keep. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get sick of saying it because everyone needs to know. It. I will shout it from the highest mountain possible, from Mount Rainier, wherever it needs to be. I will shout it as far and wide as I possibly can. Tariq Woolen is an All Pro, and if he continues this way, he is going to the Hall of Fame. I'll say it now because this kid, you can see it, man. You can see it, man. He, he's just different. He's just those long legs, those long arms. He's like, I, I, I just, I don't get it. That the kid is born in a lab, and we all said. You know, it might take, oh, well, we didn't all say it. I didn't say this, but a lot of other people did. 
that he's going to take a year, he's going to take what play this year, he won't even start, he's going to be such a project. No, man, no, man, this kid, he's put it all together. He was starting day one. It was always going to happen, in my opinion. It's, it's just Pete you, Carroll's, you know what I mean, Pez? Come on. You called this from the draft pod. I, know you I, me- I think you mentioned Tariq Woolen before we even drafted him, saying he's your darling of the draft. Yeah. You need him in your life. And he's going to be that good. And do you know what, James? He's taking that hat off. Oh, he's taking the hat off for me. Hat off to good you, lad. my friend, because what an absolute smash that is. That the the he he the interception was literally you could put a Sherman interception and that interception, yep. and he's the exact same. Yeah. Honestly, I watched it again uh, today, just a quick highlights, just to jog my memory on anything that I forgot. And it's everything. The way he runs, the way he moves, his position, his hip swing. And I'm not technical like that at all. But literally, I watched it and I was like, oh, my God, give him some dreads. And that is Sherm. That is Sherm. And you said about the matching uh, touchdowns, uh, interceptions. I saw that last week because mm. he was on three and four. Mm. And I didn't put it in in the end because I think I was half asleep on the Sunday night, but I, I was going to put in there and say, how long? Oh, no, shit. So there's actually a, there was a stat what I found, what I wanted to I wanted to bring up with you. Yeah, hit me with these Tariq Wollen stats that you promised. Come on. Um. I'll take, just I'll hijacking your bit about then... Wollen now. No, it's fine. It's, it, it, no, it's all praise. I, I want to ask love. you. It's, it's a question I, um, I was going to put towards James. All so, right. Tariq Wollen, this season so far, is 72.4 PFF coverage grade, a 38.6 passer rating allowed, and that is the best out of any rookie so far. Out of six weeks. With a minimum of 200 snaps for the rookie corners, he's number one with 38.6. With because now there's no point talking about them rookies. Sauce Gardner, amazing mate, but move aside, he's in the echelons of what's he doing against these vets? What's he doing against the big boys? So against NFL corners. For a pa- ranked by passer rating allowed over 200 snaps, he's third to JC Horn and James Bradbury. There's a bit, there's a bit of a gap there, but then there's a bit of a gap from him to fourth. Mm. So he's he's literally in in that tier, third on his own to two like staple veterans in yep. the league for at corner. Um PFF grading from the game, Tariq Wollum was third, 83.6 with 84.6 coverage rating. His passer rating against the cards was 33.9. And as this thing said, Kyler Murray would have had better chance of just throwing the ball in the dirt. Every yeah, single I play. saw that one. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, that, and, that's, and that is my stats for you. Thank you, mate. I enjoyed every single one of them because gonna, this kid... Go on, Pez. Sorry, I'm just going to try and find this Richard Sherman thing I saw the other day, what I was going to bring up and get your opinion on. Right. 
this was it. So Richard Sherman in is all pro. So how you've been talking about all pro, mm-hmm. I wanted to put some context to that. Richard Sherman's all pro years with the Seahawks. He had three. How does a man make the all pro team, but not the pro Bowl? Because he was in the Super Bowl that year. Don't listen to me. So, his first four years, three of them being all pro, four interceptions, eight interceptions, eight interceptions, four interceptions, and that made him an all pro. Mm-hmm. So, to back your claim that Tariq Woolen's going to be an all pro, do you think Tariq Woolen is going to be able to beat Sherm's highest interception season in his first year of eight? This year. This year. Yeah. And he's got an extra game. Yeah. Don't forget, he's taking two from Patrick Mahomes on Christmas Eve. That's what I'm saying. So, he had the two from Patrick Mahomes. He's playing quarterbacks that, I mean, that like to throw the, that push the ball down the field. There's a lot of quarterbacks that we're going to play this year that like to push the ball down the field. Justin Herbert's one of them. Uh, Daniel Jones is is, is erratic, erratic with the ball at best. He, I'm confident he'll throw in one. Like it's four interceptions in 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 six games. Like, why can't he? I, 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 he might not. He might not. But at this point, I don't think there's a feasible argument that anyone can make to say that 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 why he he wouldn't. He may end up like I say he may end up not doing that. But there's no argument, surely, at this point to say that he can't, or there's no reason why he can't, because he can't. He, four, four interceptions in six games. Yes, Tariq Woolen can get eight-plus interceptions this year. Nice. And so, just to just taking a sample of Sherm's All-Pro, just to give you, send you to bed happy, James. <laughs> oh. I'm here for the love. Cheers, man. So, <clears throat> so, Tariq Woolen in his first year, and let's say six games of his first season... Because obviously we're going to compare him to Sherm, best corner we've ever yeah. had. Yeah. So let's look at some more important stats while likely he, he would get. Um, Sherm, in his old pro years, fumbles. He needs to start forcing fumbles because Sherm's career high is three. But fumble recoveries, Sherm's highest is two. He's already matched that in six games. Um, touchdowns. Already matched his career high in a season. <laughs> one. Do you want me to carry on or have you finished? No, you can carry games? on for a little bit more, yeah. Not all night because an... we need to finish the podcast. No, that was it. So, yeah, touchdowns. So, he's literally, except for the highest interception season Sherm's had, he's already matched all his other met- like special metrics in six games. Bonkers. The, ki- the kid's bonkers. The kid is special, is unique. And if there's any player that is going to come in and take the crown of being the best cornerback in Seattle Seahawks history over Richard Sherman, it's going to be this lad. And and like I say, I've said it from day one. If 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 we'd have taken him in round one, if he was the first corner off the board, and we'd have taken him when we could, like if say all the corners were were, were available, Stingley, Sauce and all the names that people were rightly getting caught up in. I'm not saying that I had Tariq Woolen graded above these people or anything like that. But if you if you'd have offered me Tariq Woolen in the first round, I mean. I mean, he, he's looking like a top five pick, and nobody, nobody, nobody would be. The Jets fans would be happy with Tariq Woolen now. 
Texans fans would be happy with Tariq Woolen. Nobody would be complaining at this point if Tariq Woolen was the number one corner in the draft. So I, I, I don't even know what to say about this guy anymore. Do you know, do you know one thing? I was going to say something that's really indicative of how well he's doing and how highly he's thought of at the moment is if you go on quick segue into a sponsor, uh, the Fanatics website, especially Fanatics US, and you click on jerseys, it gives you the order in which the highest selling jerseys go. Guess the top three. In the NFL or just... Uh, no, no, in the Seahawks. Seahawks, right. Tariq Wallen, one. I hope. Nope. No? Ken Walker? Ken Walker. Nope. Geno Smith. Geno Smith. So, at number three, Geno Smith. Okay. Um, Ken, Ken Walker, just so you know, Pez is six, but that's behind Fan and... Yeah, DK is number one, so it goes okay. Smith, Wallen, DK. All right. Um, one minute. With that being one said, minute. Yeah. Kemp Walker's is behind Fant. No, it, Fan twelve is in like the, oh. the generic twelve one that that most was by, and then your customizable one. Okay. With that being said, uh, for any of our listeners that do shop on Fanatics, go via our website, uh, which is wetalkseahawks.webador.com. If you go onto our partners and you click on one of the links, either for the UK store or the United uh, States store, there's currently a 30% off offer on the US store. Just type in code BRISK, as in a brisk walk or a brisk wind. Um, and for the UK European store, there's a 65% off offer on certain uh, items with code KICKOFF. Um, I mean, but yeah, I thought that boss was flicking through it then. I thought that was quite interesting where you were talking about it. And I said his jersey would be one of the most purchased ones of the Seahawks this year. And he's already at number two behind you. our marquee player, DK. And Gino's bringing up third. Ken Walker, if he keeps going up there, I think we'll, uh, we'll be challenging for that number three spot, though. He'll be top three after the Chargers game, four touchdowns. <clears throat> and that's Pezzalone. Pezzalone is buying a bulk load. Of... Of... Yeah. I'll tell you Just what, Josh, whilst you're at it, why don't you shout out our longest standing sponsor, Blessed CBD, and we'll get our sponsors in one nice little area. Yeah, so Blessed CBD, for any of those who don't know, have been sponsoring us, been partnering with us since months ago. Um, massive advocate of Blessed CBD. I use them myself. Um, the reason I'm going to have to place another order very soon is because to try and kick this cold's ass, I've been trying to use CBD as well. But it also helps with things like anxiety, depression, brain fog. Um, it helps with muscle aches and pains. It helps with athletic recovery. The the plethora, big word there, word. of yeah, that's a good word, isn't it? The plethora of advantages that it's got. Um, it, it, they're still being discovered for the fact professional sportsmen advocate CBD is such a big thing with friend of the pod Lofa Tatupu having his own CBD company with that being said if you want to try CBD and see how it can help you if you go on blessedcbd.co.uk pick whatever you want from there um, whether it be a tincture an ointment, a tablet, a gummy a, a new CBD vape and when you get to check out type in code SEAHAWK um, S-E-A-H-A-W-K and you'll get 10% off your order um, which reminds me I'll be going on there as soon as we finish this pod because I need some more 
thought, man, and like I say, if this could be something that will help you, please do go to Blessed CBD and order any of their products and use our code. And thank you to all of those who have already done so. You are helping out the podcast massively well. Um, so thank you very much. There you go, as Josh demonstrates his his, his own product from Blessed CBD. Um, right, we're going to finish with your questions and then a little bit of positive Pez. We'll get to your questions first as Pez holds his finger One up. One more stat for you. Oh, almost that for you to show how special I am. Stato, mate, just calm down. It's like this, this it. is like death love, by spreadsheet. This I love just numbers. I love the just screenshot, <laughs> screenshot, <laughs> screenshot. Um, most combined offensive and defensive snaps of rookies through six weeks were the top 1,660 snaps. The next one nearest to us is the Bears. At 1,492. So that's 168 snap difference. That's how much we've been using our rookies. That's just how good our class is. I wanted to put that in at the end, just so all listeners, if they haven't seen that stat, can realise just how good our rookies are. There you go. Nice one, Pez. Um, Right, let's get to the first group of questions. Then I'll start with our little Discord question, or one of our Discord questions uh, from BJ Matthews. So thank you very much for getting in touch, mate, and, and, and sending your question in. It's a little two-parter. Um, if he starts with, would you rather stick, this is a draft-related question, would you rather stick at picks 7, 14, 38, and 45 this year and take the best player available at each of the four slots, regardless of position, or would you package some together for Levis, Stroud, or Young? Um, or, and basically, if the latter, if, if you would choose to do the latter, who would be a realistic trade partner and what would be the package? Um, I think we, we talked a little bit about it off air um, because Sidney Jones has been put on the trade block tonight and, and I think Pez maybe suggested maybe a package for someone like a Brian Burns at Carolina. Could you see something like that happening if if we do choose to go to the latter and 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 maybe put a package deal together? Possibly, but I don't know who. I we we said this so on the the other pod where we had Brett on, and we spoke about it before as well. I think if you're going to relinquish one of your first round picks, you need to look at top tier talent. And for me, if you look at top tier talent you need to look at someone like Roquan Smith from the Bears. Mm. Um, the Bears need talent. They they are desperately trying to rebuild with Justin Fields on the offensive side, but it's failing miserably. They need to shore up their defense, but I think they need to get younger as well. It, Roquan's already requested a trade, mm. so it, why not? Give them the ammunition to start rebuilding properly. Then we've still got another first-round pick. If we've got a mid-first-round mid pick, that will allow us then, and we said this in the Discord, to pick up your QB of the future. I'm a big fan of Anthony Richardson because I think he's mm. got the the tools, the raw material there to become a starting QB. But I think he's not there to drop in straight away. I think a couple of years mm. behind a season pro, learning the offense, learning the culture, learning the speed of the NFL in two years, he will be ready to go. And I'd be I would be comfortable taking him mid first round. Yeah. I wouldn't trade up for him. Um I don't think Bryce Young is the one. I think he's too small. I can just imagine him just being broken all the time. CJ mm. Stroud, 
as good as he is, I think we'd have to relinquish too much to get him. Will Levis, I could imagine us going for him, but I still think my personal opinion is that I don't see him move enough mm. to get out of danger. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, there's there's plenty of other analysts out there that know more than me that might say contrary to that, but I, I don't see him move enough around the pocket to get out of danger and use his legs. So yeah. I, it, no, that's my, my sort of thoughts on it. It's an interesting question because the, the Seahawks this year, I think, have shown the value of taking best player available and just sticking at your pick. I yeah. mean, they've, they've absolutely nailed it this year. Um, and, and basically what BJ is saying, that would you would you do that or would you try and move into the top three with that Carolina? And that's why I was saying with, with Brian Burns, you know, maybe, you know, package something to go into that, move into that top three at this point. I don't know. I, I, I don't see the Seahawks being a trading up kind of Stick. team. They're more of a trading down kind of team in recent yeah. years. Um, trade down and get value. Trade down, get value. And like I say, I think they've, they've, we're seeing the value of just taking best player available at this point. And at seven, if, if that is a quarterback, you, you are going to be able to get a top quarterback at that best player yeah. available at that spot anyway. Um, Josh, have you got a... Or Pez, did you have a response for that question? Yeah, as well? um, just listening to Josh and on the quarterbacks, I really want Will Levis me. Um, I've watched a couple of his uh, Kentucky games, what have uh, been live, and I, I I disagree in the sense that he does run quite a bit. He's he's a Josh Allen type, but I I'd, I'd like him, and like Josh said, he's completely right. I think the Seahawks would love to get him, but mm. I think by the time this season's said and done in college, he will take he he, he might not take Stroud, but he's definitely going to take Bryce Young. Because everyone's looking for the new Josh Allen. Yeah. Mm. And he, in my opinion, he has the body, he has the size. He puts his body on the line. He's been sacked. He runs an NFL-style offense, and he's had his head taken off more than any other quarterback in college. And teams will look at that, and he's still going. I think they may have only lost one or none. And teams will look at that and go, he's like that Josh Allen like Josh Allen prototype, and everyone wants it. Everyone's the Mahomes in that. They're kind of moving away from that now. Josh Allen's just brought in the new style. Did you not see him against the Chiefs? You can't take the man down. He's like a bloody walking yeah. mountain. That prick. Yeah. Good job. We don't have to play him this year. Jesus Christ, man. Yes, Josh. Have you got a question from one of our from our listeners? Um, we actually had a Twitter question um, from. I apologise. Um, Ledio Hamati, he's got two um, questions. So, how realistic are this team's playoff chances? Um, and well, we've seen games not just this year where the offense plays great, but defense horrible, and vice versa. What would it take to get both of them clicking at once? So, that's kind of a, a two-part. Uh, how realistic are our playoff chances? I'll go. I'll say wild card. I mean, the way um, was. The way we're playing at the minute, we're competitive enough to stay well, in games and win close games. So yeah, you'd have it's, to say it's, how how long can we sustain this with the run of games we've got coming? Yeah. Um, and what would it take to get both of our offense and defense clicking? I think we're starting to see it. We're starting to see the defense start to click. Mm. Um, and as Pez pointed out, that seems to have been a simple matter of taking Cody Barton out for the majority of the snaps. And leaving Kobe Bryant in there. 
if that's what yeah. it takes, that's what it takes. So we're, we're we're there or thereabouts. I think there are a few few pieces that need to be improved upon. I think, as Pez rightly said earlier, Michael Jackson's going to get exposed. Mm. Um, and I think we're probably going to have to look at another cornerback there. Trey Brown. Um, Come, well, if Trey Brown comes back fit, I'd be happy with that because obviously, yeah. with Sydney Jones wanting asking for a trade, mm-hmm. he wants that cornerback spot that Tariq's got but based mm. on the way Tariq's playing he's not getting it no. so I think the, the there's a couple of gaps on the defence really? that need to be filled I think the offence there's a I think we need probably move Delu back to right guard get a better left guard because Phil Haynes as good as he is I don't think he's a starter mm. Austin Blythe has been I've been surprised by he's the 14th best centre in the NFL at the moment um, I just think there's there's just a couple of little areas that I think we mm. could really inject some class into and then make us a proper winning franchise again. With the corners, wouldn't you say um, the whole Sydney Jones move is because Artie Burns is probably nearly there or thereabouts to come back? Yeah. Because that's who they truly want at the left corner. Two really tall, fast guys. If they if they can get Artie Burns to perform to his potential with Woolen. Yeah, but Burns' nickname in Chicago was Artie Burned because people just burned past him all the time. Yeah, like, but... They did, they did, but then the back end of last year, he really improved, and that's why they brought him in because Desai vouched for him. Because I prefer Trey Brown. Improved a lot. I prefer Trey Brown. Trey Brown. You just don't be, know about that injury. That, that injury mm, scares me yeah. because he's been he's been away for so long, and he was meant to be back, and then went again like that. Yeah. That mm, I don't know. I would like him back though. What he showed, the potential he showed, was great. Like, but. And this is it, the potential he's got. And I said this a few pods ago, I just want cornerbacks that people are afraid to run at. So people are afraid to run at Woolen because of his speed and the fact that he's getting these interceptions. And yeah, he's just, I don't need to say any more words because James says them all every pod. And then if we get Trey Brown back, he has proved that he will hit people. He mm-hmm. is not afraid to, to lay it on someone, which is fantastic. Um I mean, they'd be the main things for me. Um, Pez, James, anything that you could think of? Um, like I said, just for me, I think you've got to put us, at, at least at this point in the season, as a potential sort of dark horse for a wild card spot because the offence is, is efficient and the defence is hopefully going to start improving. Um, we've seen no reason for the offence to start slowing down. So, I mean, it, it, we're three and three. I mean, we've got we've got a better record than some, on paper, yeah. far better teams at the start of the season and a lot of you know people expected us to be so why not this this season's been as unpredictable as ever why it, why not why would you bet against them at this point um so yeah for me and, and like you say I, I i echo everything that you've you've said in terms of getting them both to to click it's just a, a matter of time for this defense and the, the offense just needs to keep doing what it's doing and i think it will um pez um because to warm up for the positive pez section I'm right. gonna go. I'm gonna say, the way we're shaping up at the moment from this game, if we can carry on up here, because my fear is they're gonna do the typical Seahawks thing, have a really good game, get get into their own heads, and then go really, really sharply downhill, and then we'll we'll scrape off the, the Giants. But they they do it so many times. They have a really good game like Denver and 49ers. Like I did say, in my personal opinion, the 49ers' rain game, they just seem to be shite games. For, for one side of the ball, then rain games have really been detrimental. So 
I'll take that with a caveat of maybe it was the weather what if what caused the odd game, but if they can stay on this trajectory, the NFC West is for the taking. Is for the taking. Yeah, it, and it does anger me because I'm 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 quite chilled out. Like normally I'm quite a bit on edge with it, but I've chilled out because I'm not expecting anything from this season. But I found myself this week looking at it and going, if they should have beat the Falcons, mm-hmm. they should have beat the Saints, and what position would we have been in then? But that's by the by. But all I'm thinking is this division's wide open. I honestly believe if we stay on this upwards trajectory now and the defense starts clicking with the offense. We can win this division. We certainly well, can. Right now, we can win this division. Yeah, it's looking like it's it. It's wide open for us. There's any things on the pulse. Any community questions in for you? Any fan listener questions in that you picked up? Yeah, on the uh, Discord, we've got kind of Dale and Luke yeah. kind of come with a similar question. Yeah. Is um, is Gino is Gino the man to take the Seahawks forward with the rebuild? Basically, where do we stand with the quarterback for next year into the draft, isn't it? Do we go with CJ Stroud, top yeah. pick, whatever, or do we roll with Gino? Where do we stand at this yeah. point? Yeah, um, that that was Luke, and then Dale said, "What would it require for the next draft? Giving Gino his cooking, hmm. uh, what is required? Sorry, and he he mentions about Quandre Diggs's performance. Well, we can hmm. quickly mention because there's one play what I did want to bring up." So I'm, I'll bring that up a bit after. For me personally, the whole rebuild world word now is I think people need to pull back on the rebuild. And this is me. It hurts. I feel like I might have a heart attack saying this. But this might be me agreeing with what Pete said. Is It's actually a retooling season. Because mm. he's starting to prove me wrong. I'm here for the long haul with that man. How much it's does it pain many, you to say that? It's been many a season, Josh. So I am not anywhere near rebuilding that bridge with him. But, but, he, you're kind of seeing it. So the whole rebuild, it, it's at this moment in time, who would have thought we'd be three and three? Who, who, who would have thought we could have been central five and three at this point? Like, who thought that? That isn't a rebuild. A rebuild is the Panthers, the Bears, all these trash bum teams who are just broken messes. They're rebuilding teams. We're literally not. Except for that 49ers game. And again, I'll repeat, I think the weather played a massive situation in that game. Mm. We've been in every single game. Could be five and and one. And what does Pete turn around and say? <clears throat> oh yeah, five because we're three now. Subtract. <laughs> um, and what does what does Pete say? Like he said, like we're not in a rebuild. We're not. We're not anything different. The foundation isn't anything different. They're still the same team. They're still in it by a field goal or a touchdown if they lose. Like the fundamentals are still there, mm-hmm. and. For me, it's it's not so much like a rebuild anymore. And for his question, is Gino the man to take it forward? 
The way he's playing, yes. Yeah. Because he is Pete Carroll's wet dream. Agreed. Pete as long Carroll. As, yeah. Pete Carroll is literally, he must go to bed at night and tell, what's his wife's name again? Glennis or something. Glen, Glen, Glennis. Or something. Yeah, is, is it Glennis? So I, I, I must, a great a great auntie Glennis. That's the only reason I know why. <laughs> and he must go home, get into bed with a smile on his face and just go, I can't believe I've actually fucking pulled this off. <laughs> I've got one of the best rookie running backs in the league who's just going to explode and I've got a guy who doesn't answer me back, does everything I tell him to and can just manage a game and he like, turns up meaning business, that man shows up in the sharpest suits, I've, I've, I've said this for years and apologies to all our, a lot of our American listeners but it's very hard for me to see an American and think you are pulling that suit off because half the time it's ill-fitting and this is a man who wears suits for a living. But when Gino turns up, he looks all business, meaning business, and he is the business. I have got so much time for, for who he's developing into, the confidence he's got. He commands that line. He calls audibles at the right time, gets the right people in. Pez, you are on, mate. I think uh, for Sweet me, uh, it, it's that it's, Gino is the man to take the Seahawks forward for as long as they want him to, for as long as they need him to. He's the man to take them forward. And whenever they decide to, to head to a, a rookie quarterback, then then that'll be them. But for now, yeah, uh, he's shown it. He, he is going to be the man to take us forward for as long as the Seahawks want him to and need him to. Um, so it, it, it does. It, it, it throws up a lot of interesting scenarios and questions. Well, well, do we go for a, a, a rookie quarterback in this draft or do do we just say that that's ready to plug in and play now and start week one of next season? Or do we still take a rookie quarterback, but say, do you know what? Sit for a year or two, let Gino continue this and and, and earn his money and earn his next, you know, spot on his next team or be all back up again, whatever. Um, and, and just and, and, and learn. Sorry, sorry to put in. Um, Josh, Josh said it right when he was talking about the rookie quarterbacks. There's this potential talent in this pool coming out is well past the your first round as your Anthony Richardson. I agree with Josh. He's got so many good tools, but there's a few other guys. I think there's a kid called Hall. He has a lot of potential and like they're saying, you could pick him in the, the, the second or the third. Mm-hmm. So, so um, to kind of just segue into Dale's second question about what is required for the next draft, given Gino is cooking. We joked about it, didn't we, about like uh, Will Anderson, like, oh, let's get ourselves a Will Anderson. But if he carries on like this, we are looking at a Will Anderson. We are looking, <laughs> probably not him, because he's up here. Yeah. But you are looking at another first round um, old lineman. You're looking at anything. Edge, safety. Offense, offense. It's a premium position. We don't need to position. You're going to be there. Yeah, but defensive premium positions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. anywhere look at Jamal like love the talent I just love to see him stay healthy but they've got to look at that and go man this guy can't stay healthy and there's this safety in the first round who's a fucking monster we could trade back get him and acquire even more for this draft well Quandre got... Diggs Quandre Diggs as well to segue into that third part of his question as well and Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs Jamal can't stay healthy and Diggs's performance this year hasn't hasn't been good enough. That that I'd... tackle, that missed tackle on Rondale Moore from the Canucks, that was mm. shocking. That 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 summed up everything we said about him last week. About is that, him. Is that, is that, sorry, is that the one you were talking about? 
Not the Kyler one at the very start of the game. We went down on his knees to try and tackle him. Was that well, not You've kind of got to get on your knees to tackle Kyler, aren't you? That or you're just diving. No, down that to was the horrendous because because Kyler just ran past him. I genuinely wonder if there's something outside of football that's affecting Quandre because the 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 astronomical obviously he's come back from an injury fair enough and it's difficult to get back on speed to where you were before an injury but the drop-off has been so severe that it makes me wonder if there's something external that's doing this um like this is what we, we say it a lot this is when we mention this stuff it's it's all football hate it's not personal hate it's it's football critique not the person um and Quandre is, for all intents and purposes, everything you see and everything you hear, he's a very intellectual person. He's he's emotionally intelligent as well. You know, loves his family. He does a lot of stuff externally. But is there something else affecting him? Mm. If there is, then that's where I think the organisation needs to step in and try and help him. Because the drop-off is, it, it's so, it's, it's, it's fallen off a cliff. And it, it's, it's so unprecedented that, I think it's going to get to a point if it carries on, the team is going to have to start looking at alternatives. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's no two ways around it. Same as Jamal. Jamal brings energy. He brings impact when he's playing. Mm-hmm. But I need to bring a stat up at some point for what percentage of the time he's been with the Seahawks has he actually played? Because I can guarantee it's well under fifty, under forty probably, or thirty. I just thought then whilst we were saying it came to me, it'd be very telling if they traded for a safety. Be very telling. Yeah. It'll be an interesting um, few weeks. My brother had a just, just just with the quandary thing, my brother had a segue. He said he played he was playing like this when Trey Flowers was getting torched and was awful mm. that yeah. season. Quandre Diggs played exactly the same. And I think for a veteran of his age, for like his Tenure in the league, I think um, Jones, who started next to him, he didn't have that good of a start, mm. would have knocked him off course. And just having two rookies, it's like taking your kids to the park. You can't, you like, even though you're like, oh, well, you've been in the league, you're a natural. It's like my son's nearly four, but I, I, it doesn't matter until they're older, older. It doesn't matter. At what age or how long you've been a parent, you're still on edge. You're you've still always a bit got your eye over the place, exactly. And he kind of hinted to it in his press conference. I picked up on because he said he didn't so much say it, but he was talking about them too. And he said it's great to see them evolving and growing chemistry together. It makes my job a lot easier now seeing them evolve. Mm. And he said, it's just, but then he went on and said, oh, but it's great. To, it's just great for me because I roll the backfield, so I get a front row seat. So he wasn't saying it like hinting at that's why. But I think he kind of gave an answer to why he's having such a downing. And like my brother said, he said, for him, that's a telling thing that him, he's putting too much pressure on himself, like we said about Jordan Brooks, because he's got two babies, essentially. He's mm. got to maintain on one side of the field. Because they all always seem to be together, don't they? Interesting. Interesting. We, Go on, Josh. We had one one more from the same man, Ledio Hamati, that I really wanted to address because I tweeted about this during the game. And it was what happened to our O line on pass protection. I think every Geno sack came on third downs. 
Um, do we give credit to the Cardinals' backfield or co- for covering everyone? All the injuries and lack of experience showed. Uh, quite simply, we couldn't cope with the speed of the rush. Mm. That that was the the telling factor. If you look at every single sack, but I need to go back and look at them in depth. But all the big sacks came off speed rushes. Yeah, it they was, just it was, they it, it it was the inexperience of Cross and Lucas. Yeah. Not realizing that the speed rush was going to come round and how quickly it was going to come round, and when they went round, they shot out like mm. a bullet from a gun. It was, it, it, it well, was impressive to see, yeah. but it was infuriating at the same time. I mean, my, I mean, my J. Sanders is 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 really fast for a defensive lineman. J. J. What? It, I mean, you saw it on that hit <laughs> on Ken Walker. I think yeah. Ken. I think it was Ken. He just absolutely yeah. blasted him. You know, it, he's still got speed when he's healthy. Um, so I think you've got to give a lot of credit to that Cardinals team. It is a good defense. Byron Murphy, Buda Baker in the secondary, and that defensive line is is talented. Let's 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 not beat around the bush. And then of course there's that second half of it of, of that question of, yeah, it probably is down to a lack of inexperience on the perimeter potentially showing again maybe a bit of fatigue in the second half of the game for these rookies. Gino holding on. Gino holding on, Which and we've, then as, we've said a few times. Yeah, and as we've said that the interior of that offensive line isn't way we need it to be at this point so it, it it's it yeah well done cardinals defense props to them and, and and areas to improve for us that that's all it comes down to for me really it's it's going to be interesting watching this week's game where mm. they've got to come up against Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa both off the edge to is Bosa Orthro. healthy Bosa's not um, healthy oh he's not oh, excellent just Khalil Mack then so just it's just Mack, yeah it's it's one of our one of our uh, tackles that's going to get shown up at a time, but yeah, even with that, Khalil Mack is a perennial Pro Bowler, All Pro, potential Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an interesting one. Now that I know that Bose is not fit, then that 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 makes my uh, my bum squeak a little bit less. <laughs> um, but yes. it's still going to be a, a good battle from to say. I'll be watching that. Intent. It's going to be another good test, isn't it, for these young young, young rookies on the offensive line. Right, um, let's, let's end the podcast with our favourite little segments. As as always, positive pairs, pairs. positive pairs, positive pairs. What are you positive are you about, positive this, about week? this week? We're getting there. Josh. We're getting better at that. Uh, yeah, there you go. Snap. We're we're getting nearly, nearly. That was the audio lag. Audio lag. That's all it is. We have to edit it like. Right, so this week, this week, so Tariq has been, we were talking on our uh, chat about, well, we weren't, I think it was the last podcast about Kobe in the slot being tested, and one of you two mentioned about the Cardinal, uh, the uh, Chargers, and I'm going to say this is Kobe's game, because he's been close Two or three times, this is Kobe's game where he's going to get his first interception. Ooh. Okay. It's not Tariq this time. Right. Tar- Tariq's going to take, he's just going to lock his side down. Mike Williams is just going to have a, take him out of your fantasy teams, ladies and gentlemen, because he's doing F all this game. Okay. Okay. Kobe Joshua Bryant. Palmer on the other side, anyway, he's going to have a day of my, against Michael Jackson. But yeah, whoever's in the slot, Kobe. He's going to get his first interception. I like it. And this week, with how poor the Cardinals' 
run defence has been, I'm predicting another 100 yard, well, 97, but because of a flag, he got fucking done. Another 100 plus yard running week for Ken. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going again with the two touchdowns. Like it. Because they've had a really poor, really poor run defence. So if they've got a poor run defence against a guy who can shift like that, there's only one outcome. Yeah. I'm going for the two touchdowns and over 100 yards again with Ken. I might just I do that be. every single week. It might just be just bare because he's you, just going to do it. Yeah, you might, you're probably going to end up looking like a genius, mate, so I'd stick with it. Um, <laughs> no, awesome. Look, do, you want a little, do you want a sprinkle on top? You can sprinkle on top if you want, yes. So the secondary, they still got good players. Derwin James, maybe do a bit of a lock-up. Eskridge or Goodwin, I'm swaying more towards Eskridge, is going to get his first touchdown against the Cardinals. This season, you mean? Because he got yeah. a touchdown last year, didn't he, Eskridge? So, yeah, first touchdown this season for D. Eskridge. Yeah. Okay, I like it, mate. Because my, my um, thing before that, because we didn't mention it about when we spoke about D, he was the highest graded PFF player on our offence with 80-something percent. He was the guy. So next week, he's getting his touchdown. Just sort of sprinkle. Okay. okay. I, I hope everyone listening has, has jotted all them down and, and, and keep track of them for this week. Um, but listen, as always, thank you very much for everyone who's tuned in with us this week. Thank you for everyone who sent in those questions. Um, like I say, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord. Join our Discord group as well. You can get all questions in there. Talk to us every day. Talk to us on Link. game day. Sorry, James, the link is on our Twitter profile. We have pinned it at the top. Yeah. So if you want to join our Discord and get involved, yep. we've got about 12, 10, 12 people in there so far. Nice little community. Yep. No over-the-top talk. Mainly game day chat through the game, mm-hmm. little bits here then there through the week. So it's nothing overwhelming, not going to blow your phone up every 10 seconds. No. Nope. But get involved. Is pin tweet on our uh, Twitter. If you have any issues with it, just give us a message or a comment and we'll get you a new link sent out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, echo that. And as always, thank you very much for listening. Thank you to you two lads as always. And uh, could we, could we beat the Chargers this week? Four and three, let's hope, maybe, let's hope. Um, go on. Some way they're going, probably. 32-27. 32-27, you're saying, Pez. Okay. Mm. Josh, quick prediction before we sign off. Uh, did you say 42-27 Pez? 32-27 um, I'm going to say 39 21 24 okay. 39-24 I'll go 37-30 charges for me I think we'll just we'll just get pips but it, it's going to be That's another close game. bring down the positive section. No, we? just a realist. Just a realist. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the negative, negative James has took over the podcast. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs> Go Hawks. <laughs>